Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And guys, I'm excited about this series. If you weren't here last week and I started it out, it, it was an incredibly important message. So you can listen to that for free at believers.cc on our Believers Church app for all smart devices. My favorite place to listen is YouTube TV. We have a channel there. So wherever you want to listen, you, you can do so. And, uh, you know, last week, one of the things we, we, we discovered was we're all eternal creatures and every human being will live forever. The question is what address? And I told you last week, we're going to talk about the address nobody wants to go to, and we call it hell. And it's an address that I think we need to learn about. And I'll tell you why I think it's so important for us Christians to hear. But I want to open up with a story. And I hear a lot of out-of-the-body experience stories. And uh, I'm, I'm critical, cynical. I, I have to know the source, or I don't believe things I hear. And because uh, a lot, some people make things up, right? So this is a story I heard from a dear friend that I've been friend with, friends with forever, and he verified the source for me. And I thought I'd share it to open up this particular lesson. And it has to do with a cartel boss in Colombia years ago. And uh, he hated God and he hated Christians. And he had put three Christian pastors to death in the jungles there of Colombia. And but as it goes for cartel bosses, it's, it's a dangerous business. He was killed, and they're setting up his funeral, and uh, they, they've got it just about ready, and then God deals with a pastor that's there, and he says, I want you to go to the funeral, and I want you to command him to come back from the dead. And this pastor's like, no way. And I can tell you, if God dealt with my heart to do that. First of all, I, I don't have the faith to raise someone from the dead. I'm just being honest with that. I say, God, get somebody else. And, 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 but secondly, this guy was really worried about being shot because they didn't like Christians or pastors especially. So he debated with God, kept saying, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Finally, he said, yes. And don't you know, he goes, they surround him with machine guns and they're ready to shoot this guy at the funeral. And he screams out in desperation. Hey, I came here because God told me to raise this guy from the dead. And his wife was there and she stopped him. She shut him all down and she said, all right, preacher, I'll give you a chance. So he goes up to the casket and he just says, rise from the dead, get up. And you know, this cartel boss sits up, comes back to life, and he begins to worship God. He shocked the audience because they're all part of the cartel. And they're in shock, and he's praising God and worshiping God. Did that a moment or two. Then he jumps out of the casket. He kneels down, and he worshiped God some more, and they're like in shock. Then he stands up, and he tells a story. He said, when I died, I was escorted through this long, dark tunnel, and it went down and down and down. And after a long time, we came to an opening and I saw light. But when I walked out into the opening, it was hell's flames. And I could see them as far as I looked to the left, the right, forward. And he said, then these three guys began to walk towards me. And he said, when they became closer, I saw they were the three pastors that I had killed. And he said, they walked up to me and they said, God sent us from heaven. And he said, if you repent of your sins and accept Christ, he would raise you from the dead so that you could represent him and tell the Jesus story. Well, this guy instantly knelt down and accepted Christ, repented of his sins, 
And don't you know, just when he did that, that's when the preacher said, rise up. And that's when he came out. And that's why he was so excited. And, you know, in, in South America, there is a revival going on like nowhere else. It's an amazing revival. Some of it's things like that, but it's just God moving like he never moved before. And can you all agree something like that will get capture people's attention, right? I wanted to just open with a story to just let you know there is a place called hell. And for some of you, you may think you're going to teach on hell on a Sunday morning and yikes. And can I, can I tell you something that you may not know? 3% of the time that Jesus taught, he taught about hell. He taught about it 3% of the time. 10% um, of his teaching was on heaven. That tells us two things. We should talk about heaven three times more than we do hell. That's, that's what it tells me. But also there's 87% of the time that Jesus never talked about heaven or hell, or he discussed other subjects. So for those of you that are visiting and listening for the first time, this is the 3%, all right? I don't do this a lot, but if Jesus did it 3% of the time, then I think I should strive to talk on it and about it once in a while. But it's more for us Christians than anything, because did you know that Barna did research? And one of their research, research is that they did, their surveys, uh, they found out that 79% of born-again Christians do not believe they should share their faith with anyone, and they don't share their faith. That means that only 21% of born-again Christians ever invite someone to church, ever share their faith. And so one of my number one reasons for teaching this is to help me and to help us be aware of who's walking out here and who we're rubbing shoulders with, because this world has a lot of good things in it, but you know what some of the good things do? They just draw us away and we become so cluttered with this earth, myself included, that sometimes we forget we're walking amongst people that are going to have an eternity that none of us would want even our worst enemy to suffer. And so my number one reason is to bring us to a place to where, you know, we're praying for people's souls and we're looking for open doors. We can't talk about Jesus every moment of the day, but we're looking for open doors. And when we see an open door, we're sharing, inviting people because God is going to use us to reach the world. And also if someone that doesn't know Christ is listening, uh, this is a great message for them too, to just open up their eyes. And when I heard about Jesus, I didn't even believe God was real and I didn't believe the Bible was real, but there's power in the message, right? So here's my big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. Hell wasn't created for people, but some people will end up there. I think this is the saddest biblical truth in, in the universe. It's really sad. And it bothers me that it exists. It really does. And what I'm going to try to do today is I want to come from this approach. I want to show you two main reasons why a loving God would allow people to go to this awful place. And I think it's going to help us and, again, make us more aware. But just to show you this is true, God didn't create this for people. He will grieve and cry when any person has to go to this place. Listen to Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire. We, we read this last week for another reason, but I want to emphasize this last part. Prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not made for a human being. God never intended for one human being to go. But as we found out last week, part of what we saw 
is God draws a hard line. We have to make a choice on this side of eternity. And once we cross over, we, we can't make that choice. Or what if Jesus came tomorrow? And uh, if you didn't make the choice by then, then you don't have another opportunity to make that choice. And the choice I'm referring to is uh, like, like we said earlier in the story, to repent of our sins and say, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. Only God can bring you to that place. I can't force you. I don't wanna scare you to do that. I didn't ask them to put the temperature up so people think about hell more today, you know, and accept Jesus. But, but you know, uh, there's a hard line there. And, and that's why what we want to do. And really, God isn't sending anyone there. People send themselves because we're born sin stain. And he, he gives us that opportunity to make a choice. So here's the first of two reasons that God's going to have to allow people not to go to heaven. And here it is, because sin and evil can't enter heaven. They, they just... Uh, no sin or no evil will be allowed to go into heaven. Uh, and, and those of us that have accepted Christ, you're, you're going to be glad that it can't be there. It's going to be different than the earth. And I want to read a scripture to you where this is after God creates a new heaven and earth and heaven comes and hovers above the earth. And this would be a fun chapter to read this week. Revelations 21 verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immortal, immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And death doesn't mean cease to exist. It's referring to separation from God. Just like when we were sin-stained and our spirits were uh, they died spiritually, we say, but they were just separated from God. All people are eternal. Now, I remember as a young Christian when I first read this, guys, keep that scripture up there. <laughs> it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I didn't know the context. And I read some of these and I thought, cowardly, that means fearful. I thought, I'm fearful in a lot of areas. So, uh-oh. And then I saw unbelieving and I thought, I believed in Jesus, but I have a lot of unbelief in a lot of parts of the Bible, right? Which, which means I don't have great faith. And, and then I saw sexually immoral and I accepted Christ at 19 and I struggled with sexual purity. And uh, as a single man, it was, I mean, I was falling into it and then repenting and falling into it and then repenting. And I was so nervous because I read this and I thought, don't come today, Jesus, come, come after I repent or something. And, and, then, and, then, and then this one got me, <laughs> all liars. And I thought, does that include white lies, God, the little bitty ones? And I was a nervous wreck when I saw this. And guys, I'm gonna show you the difference between a Christian struggling and somebody that's never accepted Christ. He's just showing expressions that people that haven't accepted Christ, this is how they are all the time. But you and I as Christians will fall and will struggle at times. And, and we're gonna show you why you can rejoice in just a moment. But you know, I was praying this morning and I didn't say this last night, but something just came up while I was praying and I thought, you know, I'll add this to this part. And that is this, after pastoring the same church for 37 years, uh, it's almost like a 37-year case study, right? It's like you, you just see things and you can see them from a really high perspective. You see generations and families, you know, that, that come to Christ. And here's one of the things that I noticed. Uh, 
Not everybody that says they're a Christian, even in a church like ours, has really accepted Christ. And, and that's important to understand. And, and I just thought I'd show you the difference. So you can test, put yourself to the test, right? If you really accepted Christ and you believe he's the savior and you repented of your sins and you said, I accept you, you'll still struggle with sin, but you'll, you'll want to quit and you'll repent. When I say repent, it means 180, man. You'll say, God, I'm sorry. I did it again. You know, and, and, and you just keep trying to live better. But you know what I noticed over the years? I've run into people that are really living in some heavy Bible sin, doing things they're not supposed to. And you have a conversation with them and they just look at you and says, oh, that book's outdated and it's not for today and I'm gonna do what I want. And when I run into people like that, I don't even know if they really accepted Jesus because once you do, he will convict you when you do something wrong. You'll just know. And so my life, especially younger, but I'm still not perfected now. I've overcome some of these things I mentioned, but uh, my life has always been, yeah, I did it again, Lord. I'm sorry. I know what you said. And you know why some Christians struggle forever? Because they're not taught well and they don't learn how to renew their minds so they can walk in freedom. And so uh, you can test yourself. And I think most of you are like me. The majority of you is like, yeah, I fall. I do this. I do that. Some of you do it for months, right? I've done that in my early years, uh, six months. And I repent every day. God, I did it again. God, I did it again. God, deliver me. And you just have to grow, right? But you can tell because of where your heart's at. So I, I want to deal uh, with, with this first reason God's not going to allow evil into heaven. And I want you to see the context now, what we just read. Revelations 24 or 21 verse 25. On no day will its gates, that's heaven, ever shut, for there will be no night there. God will be the light. You won't need the sun. And I love the fact that the gates of heaven are open. You know why? Because evil, I can't, can't go in. And, and then listen to verses 26 and 27. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. I think that's amazing. God will still have nations there as we go on. Uh, nothing impure will ever enter it. Nothing impure. And I'd struggle with that at one time because I thought, well, I, I still do things, God, but I had to learn what I'm gonna, about to show you. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he didn't qualify that. Did you notice he didn't say, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life that are perfect. No, no. If your name's written in the book, you're going to get to go to heaven, even with your imperfections. But, but listen to this. You won't be able to sin in heaven. And I'm going to emphasize this more next week when I teach on heaven. But you know what? You know what God's not allowing into heaven? our stinky bodies. He's going to give us a new one, right? And there's a sin nature in our bodies. And so uh, I believe he'll even renew our minds instantly. That's my belief. And, and you'll have a new body that has no sin nature and you will not want to sin when you're in heaven because there's already a part of you and that's the part that convicts us when we do wrong. There's a part of you that's already been redeemed and blameless and holy. And that's important for us to understand. So if you've accepted Christ, your name's in that book. And I wanna share one scripture with you. Listen to this. And I ask you a question first. Did you bring your smiley face? Cause you're gonna smile right now. If you haven't smiled yet, you're gonna smile. Uh, listen to 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us. 
He put all our sins on him. Pretty cool, past, present, and future. Um, so that in him, and in him means once you accept him as Savior, the Holy Spirit makes you united with him. Listen to this. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. And that word become, the Greek word literally means to be born, to come into birth. And so when you accepted Christ, man, he took all your sins and you were born again and you were born blameless and holy and righteous. And the real you on the inside, even though we struggle on the outside, is a new creation clothed with the righteousness of God. And that's why we get to enter heaven because sin in your life has been dealt with. And I want to ask, I'm doing this a little early in my message, but TCI Borman Warren, can we say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done? <laughs> Woo! Woo-wee! I was worried. I was worried. Listen, listen to this, guys. Uh, this is a, a question that comes to some of us. This, this is still under the first reason some poor people will go to that ugly place. Uh, listen to this. Why does God allow sin and evil on the earth? That's a great question. And, and there's just one simple answer. Are you ready? Because he wants to give human beings an opportunity to choose. Now, God could get rid of all sin on earth. You know what he'd have to do? He'd have to just make all of us robots. <laughs> and he could, he could, but he, he wants you to choose him. And, and so uh, he doesn't want robots where he makes me automatically just love, I just love you, Jesus. Jesus, you are awesome, awesome God, awesome Jesus. He wants you to choose. And when you choose, he does the miracle. And so unfortunately, guys, we live on an earth that has a lot of pain and suffering and bad things, and some of it has happened to some of you. And, uh, you know, pastoring the same church for 37 years, I have witnessed some awful things that this earth has done to some really good people. But guess what? We're going to a place where that will never happen again. But it's still happening here, so all these people can have a choice. And some really bad people. I was not a great person, but God allowed me to have a time and I chose Jesus. And I'm so glad he didn't end it right away that I had that opportunity. Here's the second reason. You ready? God is holy and just and will hold people accountable. You could say it this way. God will balance the books. They'll be balanced. Now, for us Christians, I want to say this ahead of time because I know some of you will feel instant condemnation if I don't say it. You and I, because of what Jesus did and us accepting him, um, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ, which is the reward seat. So in lesson four, I'm going to talk about uh, eternal inheritance. And we're going to have some fun talking about our inheritance that you received just because you accepted Jesus and also eternal reward. So uh, that's where we go. And Jesus has already been judged for our sins. So that's not the issue. We're not going to the judgment seat of Christ to see if we get into heaven. We're going there to, to be rewarded for our life's work, and some will receive more than others. But for the non-Christian, just think of this unfair earth. Can you all agree we live on an unfair earth, and there's terrible people here that do terrible things, and it seems like they get away with it, but they don't. If they don't accept Jesus and wash their sins away, there will be a day when God holds them accountable and it's coming somewhere in the future. And you and I should have the attitude, man, I'd like them to meet Jesus before that day because I don't want anybody going to this other address, right? Listen to how Solomon said it at the end of his life, the wisest guy that ever lived on planet Earth. He said this, Ecclesiastes 8, verse 9. I saw this when I thought about the things that are done in this world, 
a world where some people have power and others have to suffer under them. Can we agree that happens? This world's so unfair. You know, our country isn't perfect, but aren't you glad you were born here instead of Iran? And I'm, I'm not saying the Iranian people are bad. I'm saying it, it's a religious dictatorship and they're killing Christians and throwing Christians into prison. It's an awful, awful place. And there's all kind of awful places all over the world. But thank God we, we were born here. Very imperfect. Can you agree? There's some bad people here too, some bad leaders. But guys, it's better than a lot of other places. This, it's just not, it's not a fair world. Ecclesiastes 8.10 says this, yes, I have seen the wicked buried in their graves, but on the way back from the cemetery, people praise them in the very city where they did their evil. It is useless, or this world's a mess, right? This world makes no sense. And so it looks like people get away with things, and if they don't repent and accept Christ, there is a day when Jesus will balance the books. And I've come to a place where I, I want them to accept Jesus. I do not want them uh, to have to go to that place. But if they don't, remember, God can't allow sin to enter into heaven or any evil, but also he'll balance those books if they don't. And I want to show you a New Testament scripture. It's amazing. And try to help us understand it. Second Corinthians one in verse six, God will do what is right. He will bring suffering on those who make you suffer. So let's make sure we qualify this. You'll see it as we read down. There are Christians that make you suffer sometimes too. Don't some Christians just do things that hurt you, right? That's not what this is talking about. Um, do you know what happens to Christians who wrong you? Um, if they don't repent, if they really wronged you, they open the door up to the devil. We know that. And, and the, he wreaks havoc on the earth in their lives. So uh, they're getting something that's not fun. And that's why you and I want to forgive anybody that wrongs us uh, because uh, they're, they're going to get beat up if they don't because that door is open and they're allowing the enemy to come in and beat them up. This is talking about non-Christians that don't repent. And this church was being persecuted really highly. And it doesn't have to be someone that's persecuting. It's just someone evil that is not a Christian. But they were being taken from their homes. They were losing their jobs. And they were just being persecuted at the highest level. And notice what the Bible goes on to say, verse 7. And, and he will give relief to you who suffer and to us as well. And that would include us. He will do this when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven with his mighty angels, with a flaming fire. Now notice who we're talking about. To punish those who reject God and who do not obey the good news about our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you reject Jesus, you've rejected God the Father. And obeying the gospel means you hear about Jesus and you accept him. That's why I pray my heart out for people. And it's, it's amazing to watch what God does when I pray for people and how he eventually gets to them. And he does the same thing for you. So this is referring to that hard line, that final judgment where God balances the books. How about for us Christians? Well, Jesus paid for your sins. And I don't know exactly what the judgment seat of Christ will look like, but you're going to heaven because you believed. If you truly believed, we're going there and Jesus paid for your sins. And that's important for us to understand. Listen to verses nine and 10. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord and from his glorious might when he comes on that day to receive glory. Now, this is one will be caught up in the air from all the, his people and honor from all who believe 
You too will be among them because you have believed the message that we told you. Now, it would include us. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you accepted him in your heart? Did you notice it didn't say, uh, it didn't say you too will be among them because you believe the message and you're perfect? No, I think we'll struggle till Jesus comes. The question is, did you really receive him and are you trying to grow? And you're going to go to heaven. Our stinky bodies are going to be changed. And I can't wait for that day. That, you know what I mean by stinky, not smelly. Our bodies give us trouble with sin, right? And so that's, that's the second reason that, that God will hold people accountable. And whenever I teach on this subject, um, I, I don't have a high mercy gift. I, I took this test, the gift quest test and test, and I think I was 99% gift teacher. You can only go to 100. 98 administrative. And then I was just above the midline for giving, and my mercy gift was three. <laughs> so don't come for me. No, to me for mercy. No. I've grown in my mercy. I want you to know that. But that's, that's how I was born. And uh, now I know why I never cared. But, but, but guys, listen, listen. I do now. I want you to know that. But even with a low mercy gift, this subject bugs me. I cannot fathom allowing someone to go to this awful place. I just can't fathom it. So I want to show you a couple of scriptures that just talk about, just a couple, what this place is like. And one thing that some people don't know, do you know the devil is not going to be ruling in hell? He's not going to have a pitchfork and he's the one causing suffering. No, he's, he's going to be in there, uh, not the boss, but in, a, in those ugly eternal flames. And so he's not going to be ruling there. And I just want to show you a little bit of what it's like. Jesus talked about it. Listen to Luke 16, 22, 23. The, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. I remember the King James used to say Abraham's bosom. And that's a place where believers went in the Old Testament and they couldn't go to heaven because they were sin stained until Jesus died. And after he died and was raised from the dead, he went down there and took them up. L listen, the rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. Now he didn't go there because he was rich. He went there because he didn't believe the revealed gospel at the time, which at that time was the law of Moses. It says uh, in Hades where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he just said, God, let me go back and warn my brothers. And he said, give me a little water and that type of thing. He was crying out to Abraham and they said, hey, we can't cross over. That's a hard line. You made your decision and we just can't come and help you. And God said, I can't send you back to warn, you know, that type of thing. So it's a place of torment. I, that's, that's an awful place to me. And I want to read one more. This is the worst part of hell. You ready? Second Thessalonians 1, 9. We just read it, but I want to emphasize the latter part. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord and from his glorious might. I think the worst part of hell, and I title this lesson, Eternal Separation, is being separated from the presence of the Lord. You may not have ever thought about this, but if you do a study in the Bible, you'll find out that it's true. God's presence is in the earth. I know if the Bible says he inhabits our praises. So if you worship, his presence becomes a little stronger, right? You can feel more peace, more life, that type of thing. But his presence is saturating the earth. Whether you're a Christian or not, his presence is in the earth. And that makes the earth, I believe, tolerable, right? But in hell, 
those people will be separated from the very presence of God. So I, I want to say this again, guys. This is why I really enjoyed studying the first two lessons. Next week, we'll talk about heaven, and it's going to be amazing. But I need to remind myself that there are people I brush shoulders with all week long, and I want to have a heart where I'm praying for them and looking for open doors to say, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Because people will ask you questions or invite them to a service. And, you know, I, I could rationalize and say, God, I do altar calls every weekend, man. I'm doing my job, but I, I, have to, I have to be focused also as I walk through life. And this kind of message really helps me. I want to end with a cool scripture. Are you ready for a cool scripture, guys? It's 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. It's not in anyone else but his son. So that would include fellowship down here and eternity forever. Verse 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And if you and I can understand that, Jesus said, if you reject me, you've rejected the father. Isn't that tough in and of itself? It's like, God decided one way to get people to heaven, and that's tough. And we live on an earth where people say, I don't accept that, and there's many ways to God, and, and I get it, and I understand they're rationalizing. But just so you know what kind of guy I am and how, are, how I think biblically, I, I just really believe the Bible is God speaking to us and God saying, hey, I gave the world a chance and I'm telling you, if someone lives in the distant jungles and no preacher has ever went there, I guarantee you God will send an angel. He'll give everybody a chance. He'll send an angel to preach the gospel to, to him. And I want to close, guys. TCI, Borman, and Warren, are you excited that you had Jesus shared with you, that you accepted him, and that we have a place called heaven that we're going to, and that God decided he trusted us enough to share that message with others. Can we give it up one more time to say thank you, God? <laughs> Woo! I'm excited. Woo, I'm not going there. Hey, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this message. And the first thing we want to do, Lord, is as Christians, we just want to pray. And we say, Lord, open up our hearts and our eyes further. And Lord, give us a heart for the loss like we've never had. And just pray that. Just whisper, say, God, I want that because I, I need mine to increase too. Just give us a burning desire to reach the loss. Open up our eyes, Lord, to our number one mission, which is to seek and save. And Lord, we pray for our church, Believer's Church, and all the churches in our community. Lord, we ask you, give us wisdom and show us how we can better reach those that don't know Christ. And Lord, we pray for everyone that is not yet saved. We ask that the Holy Spirit would convict them of their sin and that he would reach them, Lord. And we ask you, show us the open doors where we can share and invite. And Lord, we know sometimes people will reject us. Sometimes uh, we may be made fun of, but Lord, strengthen us not to care. And Lord, we thank you for growing every one of us as Christians. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening today, live stream, TCI Borman Warren, 
we're all in prayer and our heads bowed, eyes closed. And, and, and you came in not being sure of your eternity or maybe you didn't even know if God existed or was real or the Bible was true, but your heart is now touched. It's like God did something, something penetrated your heart. And you're listening, you say, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to repent of my sins and give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, I wanna give you a chance to do that. This is your opportunity to pray and all of us will help you. So listen, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me, Jesus. I'm not asking you to join a church or religion. I'm asking you to make it real with Jesus. And if you're listening, you say, I'm ready. I wanna just lead you through a prayer. It's not a magic prayer. You have to mean it in your heart. And if you do, it will change you from the inside out. It's amazing. The rest of us warned TCI Borman, can we pray loud enough to help them and you know, celebrate with them as they pray? And, and, and let's go ahead and pray. Say, Father, I realize that I was born sin-stained and need a savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for taking and carrying my sin. And right now, today, I accept you as my Savior. I confess that you're Lord, and I repent of every one of my sins. Thank you for saving my soul. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.